Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so happy that you're here. I believe that while you're listening to the Word of God as it goes forth today, that the Holy Spirit will be ministering revelation to you in such a way that it's like warm oil flowing into your spirit. Get ready to hear from heaven today through the Word of God. Praise God. Now, let's go to Job chapter 29. I've got a verse that I want to get to. It's verse 6. And I want to share this with you to build your faith for God's best for your area of finances in your life. Okay? That's very important. We're going to receive the tithes and the offerings before we jump into the message. And it's very important that we always are strong in this area of our life because without money, you are pretty much defenseless in life. And it's just almost impossible to live without finances in life. So let's be strong in this area and in all areas that God has called us to. Job 29, verse 1. Job further continued his discourse and said, Oh, that I were as in months past, as in the days when God watched over me, when his lamp shone upon my head, and when by his light I walked through darkness. Just as I was in the days of my prime, when the friendly counsel of God was over my tent, when the Almighty was yet with me, when my children were around me. Look at verse 6. When my steps were bathed with butter. Woo, how about that? Is that not amazing? When my steps were bathed with butter, and the rock poured out rivers of oil for me. The rivers of oil, the prosperity, the rivers of oil, the revelation, the understanding, the knowledge of how to do things. As he had a very large business with so many animals and so much livestock, and he was the uh, he was one of the wealthiest men in that part of the world. I mean, just tremendous prosperity. And he says that his steps were bathed in cream. Now that is God's plan for your life. Oh, Pastor Stephen, that, that sounds too, be, too good to be true. No, God's systems are fair. God's way is straight as an arrow. My friends, you have to obey the Scriptures with strict intent. Now, I'm not talking about legalism. I'm not talking about bondage and getting under the law where, you know, if you make a mistake, you're in big trouble. That's not what I'm talking about. But I am trying to get across to you that if you want to walk in the blessings of the Lord, you're going to have to follow this book uh, to the letter. You're going to have to know it. You're going to have to dig into it. And you're going to have to lock on to the principles that God lays out in His Word. And you're going to have to start working those principles. And when you work those principles, like Job did, and as you read through Job chapter 29, you'll see many of the principles that he applied. He was a tremendous giver. Now, he wasn't, how can we say, a... Uh, you know, like an emotional giver, somebody that just gives because maybe he's watching television and, you know, sees something, oh, I've, I've got to give to that. And then somebody else knocks on his door and says, we need help over here. Oh, I'll give to that too. You know, because if, if you act like that, you can get into what's called unsanctified giving, 
What is unsanctified giving? It's giving that's not blessed by the Lord, but you're doing it a lot of times out of guilt manipulation. And of course, the people that are doing the manipulating, that they don't care if you go penniless with your giving. They just want your money. <laughs> they have no interest in you uh, as a person at all. They just, you know, they'll make these appeals, these oftentimes emotional appeals. And the next thing you know, you've given everything away. And, you know, if you're out on the street, they're just like, well, that's not our responsibility. But my friends, don't, don't get involved in this unsanctified giving where you just give because people are pulling on the cords of your heart. You want to give as you are directed by the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit touches your heart, then you give because God has your prosperity in mind. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Yes, he does. He wants you to be blessed. You'll see in the book of Job, chapter 29, also 30, 31, and 32, that this was a man that worked on principles. He had tremendous ethics, uh, a very high moral biblical standard that he refused to give into. Now, you have to understand that in the day and the age in, we, in which we live today, immorality is actually celebrated. My friends, if you want to get into the covenant, you're going to have to fly by principles. You can't have some loose way of living, and you cannot be violating scriptures and think that your steps are going to be bathed in butter. They're going to be bathed in something, but it won't be butter if you're disobeying the Word of God. But my friends, when you begin to line up with the Word of God, begin to live your life by His principles, and you follow the Word of God very, very precisely, you'll find out that the path gets brighter and brighter, that prosperity flows in into your life and begins to overtake your life. And, and I tell you what, God will make your life absolutely beautiful. And uh, you may not have literally like a real butter on your feet, like you would take from the refrigerator and stick it between your toes. I don't know why anybody would want to do that. But of course, this is Lord, this is more what we would call metaphorical, uh, symbolic, where your feet are bathed in butter, bathed in cream. It means heavyweight prosperity. Mm, God's got more for you. Pastor Stephen, my, my, my feet they're feeling uh, smooth and buttery. God's got more. God's got more. And I'm not talking about margarine, that cheap fake stuff. No, God will put the real butter on. Hallelujah. But that's, that's the way God wants your path to be. You're walking on the path that's stable, that's rock solid. You're a covenant man. You're a covenant woman. It's not by accident that the butter is on your life. It's on purpose because you are a servant of the Lord. Is that not what Satan said back in response to God when God said, hey, hey, uh, devil, what do you think of my man Job? And Satan said, does, does Job serve you for nothing? Did you catch that? Did you catch what the devil said? Does Job serve you? Oh, what does that tell us? That Job was a servant of God. He wasn't out there just, you know, uh, living for himself. Whoa, I can go buy a new car today. I got a lot of extra money left over. I'm ready for my fifth house. Oh, I'm not saying Job didn't have overflow and Job didn't have excess because obviously he was extremely wealthy. But I am saying that he was a servant of the Lord to the point that even the devil knew that Job served God. Mm. Oh, what's that? That is a principle serving God. Woo. Hallelujah. Putting God first. See, see principles, principles, work the principles, follow God very, very closely. Next thing you know. Uh, your feet start getting uh, 
just covered with butter. And then the path becomes a path of that creamy, rich, buttery anointing. Woo! Hallelujah. God can put it on thick. God knows what you want more than you know. Hallelujah. Just let him add it to your uh, life. Just serve him. Live for him. Have his heart. And his very best will be yours. Now, on your giving today, whether you're going to bring it in online or mail it in, please, on a little footnote, just put butter Woo, praise God. Come on, connect with the promises of God. Job 29, verse 6, your path, butter, praise God. Your steps bathe with butter. Mm, thank you, Jesus. That is a note of biblical prosperity. Hallelujah. All right. So if you would like to bring the tithes and offerings in online, please visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage called tithes and offerings, sow and reap, and you can go there and bring them in online. And there's a little notation area, just put butter in there, praise God. If you want to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. Put a little note on your check that says, butter. Woo. Praise the Lord. Down that little memo area. Don't make it out the butter. <laughs> make it out the Stephen Brooks International. <laughs> but put a little note down on the side on the left hand area. Just put butter. Praise the Lord. Job 29.6. We'll know what you're talking about. And God knows what you're talking about. And when you celebrate his word, he'll begin to celebrate your life and he'll begin to perform his word in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, bless your people today. Let the butter anointing of prosperity come upon them. Yes, Lord, a reality of it, not just a verse out of the Bible from thousands of years ago, not just ink on paper, but a living reality because your word is what we live by. So Father, we give you praise. It's happening. Some of you, you're already, you're already seeing it. You're already experiencing it. It's going to get richer and thicker and deeper. And those others of you, you're new to this. You're beginning to tie into the covenant practices of God, and it's going to begin to flow in. Get ready. Praise God. Mm-mm. Father, we give you all of the praise in Jesus name. Amen. Pastor Stephen, why do we give God all the praise? Because he's the source. Woo, hallelujah. And yes, you can have favor with men and, and with, with women and with business people and, or how, or, you know, you can get contracts and businesses or sales or whatever it is, get a raise or promotion, whatever it is, sell a property, whatever it is. But yet God is the source of that blessing of that better anointing. That's why we give him all the glory. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. By the way, at the ministry website, there is also a link uh, at the top uh, that uh, where the hitters are at, and it's called projects. We do have two current projects that we're also working on. If you would like to sow a special offering into any one of those, it would be a wonderful blessing. We have the fence project so that we can put a fence, a beautiful fence around the entire ministry property here. We have, um, I believe, 1.7 acres, so we want to fence the whole thing. And we also have another project that we're working on called the Ministry Aviation Hangar Project, and that is for the purchase of a hangar for our future ministry aircraft. Praise God. So if you feel led of the Holy Spirit, stirred of the Spirit to sow into one of those two projects, please do, because I'm telling you, God is on those projects. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, today, let's go to Psalm 106. We want to talk today about prayer investment. Praise God. Please say that today. Say prayer investment. 
See, in the natural, if you uh, want to invest time, maybe you can invest time in this area because, you know, if you put the time into it, let's say, uh, uh, you know, if you're an athlete, you're going to invest a time to exercise or the, if you're a basketball player to shoot 100 free throws in practice. Why? So that later there can be a return on an investment. So when they pass that ball to you uh, for that last second shot, uh, you're going to receive the reward on your investment of practice. Or if you're fouled and you're on the free throw line, and if you make one shot, you tie the game. If you make two shots, because you get two free throws, if you make two, you actually not only tie, but you win the game. See, all of that investment can come out later in rich dividends. Woo! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. But you can also have prayer investment so in, into things that are not yet materialized in the natural realm. But as you pray into them, you will soon see the actual manifestation of them. Mm -mm. Lord Jesus, we give you all the praise today. So, Heavenly Father, as we jump into your word to study today's message about prayer investment, we ask that your Holy Spirit will begin to reign upon us with revelation and wisdom and understanding. And, Father, that your thoughts become our thoughts and that your plan become our plan. Now, Father, we thank you. We receive by faith in Jesus' name and around the world today. We say amen. Of course, amen means we are in agreement. Praise God. Now, Psalm 106 is a little bit of a heavy psalm from the uh, from the element that there were uh, there's a lot of failures of Israel recorded in this psalm but they re they're recorded remember the apostle Paul said these things were written for our admonition they are written for our encouragement so that the mistakes and failures maybe we can use the word blunders sometimes the word disasters even that they that they walk through that they experience we can see it so that we can step back and say oh whoo, I, we see their outcome I'm going to make sure that where they missed it is going to be an area that I'm going to be extra strong in praise God because God wants you to have a steel fortress around your walk with him so the enemy can't get in you want all doors shut you want main entrance gates barred at night you don't want the enemy to have access praise God so we can see the areas they failed in and also the critical areas maybe we could even call it the critical area the main area that caused the other things to begin to fall apart. But oh, my friends, as we see this, let us make sure that we apply diligence, diligence, please say that, say diligence, to our lives so that we come out on top in victory by God's grace and by His goodness. Amen. Psalm 106, verse 7. Our fathers in Egypt did not underst understand your wonders. They did not remember the multitude of your mercies, but rebelled by the sea, the Red Sea. Nevertheless, he saved them for his namesake, that he might make his mighty power known. He rebuked the Red Sea also, and it dried up. So he led them through the depths as through the wilderness. He saved them from the hand of him who hated them, and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. The waters covered their enemies. There was not one of them left. Verse 12, which is the next verse. Then they believed his words. They sang his praise. They soon forgot his works. Okay, so this is amazing. After God delivered them at the Red Sea, and they're on the other side, and all the Egyptians, the, well, we should say the Egyptian army that pursued them, now that they're all drowned and they're all dead and washed up on the shore, now the Israelites, they're all excited, 
and they, you know, Miriam lead, leads them in a song of, uh, of praise and worship. And, you know, the ladies are jumping around with their tambourines and their timbrels and stuff like that. And it says they sang his praise. And th th that was the time where they believed his words. In other words, when they saw it, they believed. But until, until it happened, they were just like, oh, we're going to all die. <laughs> Moses, what did you bring us out here for? They're going to kill us. And, you know, they were just, whoo, they were very difficult to deal with, and they about drove Moses nuts. Uh, sometimes those things can be good in the sense from the leader's perspective because it pushes you uh, deeper into the heart of God. Trials and difficulties can push you. But even still, you, you still want the people of God to obey and to come into maturity. But it wasn't until they got on the other side of the Red Sea and all the Egyptians are dead, then they believe his words. Then in other words, the, the word that God gave to Moses that you're going to get delivered and don't worry about it this time tomorrow, all your problems will be over with concerning the Egyptians. They didn't believe any of that. But when they saw it, then they believed it. My friends, we need to get this in order though. True faith is not saying, show it to me. Give me some proof, and then I'll believe it. No, that's not faith. That's not faith at all. Faith is taking God at his word and saying, Lord, that's what you said. I believe it. Now, Lord, because I believe it, I'm going to see it. Woo, praise God. Now, God can work with a man or woman, a child, that will take him at his word and say, yes, Lord, because that's what you said. I'm holding on to that, and I know you're going to cause it to come to pass. Well, they couldn't believe unless they saw it. Where's it at? And then when the finally would show up, oh, now we believe. Yep. Well, that, that doesn't mean you're hero of faith. Really, that is a token of what we would call baby Christianity. Now, we know during this time uh, in, you know, the history of the people of God, they were not what we would call Christians. They were not even born again. So they are being led, and they are, you know, recipients or, or about to be recipients of the law and so forth. So, you know, all of this is new for them. They're just coming out of Egypt. But look at it from a, like a, a New Testament symbolic perspective. They're just coming out of Egypt. Egypt represents the world, represents spiritual death, represents sin. Uh, Pharaoh, they're coming out from his bondage. Pharaoh, a type and shadow of Satan. So they come out of that. They cross through the Red Sea, which is a type of immersion or going down into uh, uh, to baptism or into depth and coming up on the other side into newness of life. It was a type and shadow of the rebirth experience or being born again, or some theologians call it regeneration. But either way, you could look at them as being uh, like baby Christians. They, they were very young in their faith, and they were at a place where they just weren't going to believe unless they saw it. But God eventually expects you to rise up and to mature and to become not just a child, but become a true son in, in, in the Lord where you take God at his word, sight unseen. You take him at his word and you hold to his word. And that's what God was trying to bring his people into. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor Stephen, how could you, how could you better walk that out then? Okay. If you're a, a modern day Christian and you want to be strong in faith, here's a good way to do it. Let's say you were a children of Israel and, you know, you're hemmed in by the Red Sea, the Egyptians closing in on you, and you got a, you like a real tall ravine on this side, real tall ravine on that side, so there's nowhere to go except into the water. So you're stuck. 
well what should you do that's not what you should do right then is say God you brought us this far you're going to get us out of this somehow some way something's going to happen looks like we're hemmed in looks like actually we're probably all going to die but God you're going to do something because you have promised to deliver us so you should begin to praise the Lord then well Pastor Stephen once I see all those Egyptians dead and I'm on the other side a long ways out of here then I'll praise the Lord well see it doesn't take any faith to praise the Lord then Mm. God wants you to praise Him when it's tough. God wants you to praise Him when it looks like it can't happen in the natural, but yet you believe that He's going to do it. God wants you to become a person of faith. And let me just tell you this. I've said it hundreds of times. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It is impossible to please God without faith. And there's, you're not going to reinvent the wheel. You're not going to find some other door to go through that's called the pleasing door. There is no other way. If you want to please God, you, you have to walk in faith. Mm. And that's really why the Lord had a hard time working with the ancient children of Israel is because there was so much unbelief and so much doubt and so much skepticism and so much pouting and so much quarreling and arguing. <laughs> it just, it, you know, and you're in a mode like that of unbelief. It is very, very difficult to receive from the Lord. And because the Lord does love his people, he would still try to get the blessing through, but it would, it would just be like a reduced blessing. You can't get God's best until you rise up in faith. Praise the Lord. So it says, then they believed his words, they sang his praise, of course, once they're on the other side. Remember, praise him while you're still over on that side, before you ever get to the other side, and then you'll begin to know what God is really like. See, they never really knew what he was like. Why? He's a faith God. And if you don't understand faith and how he works, you're never really going to get to know him. You, you can get to know the Lord through prayer, but when you pray, He'll still lead you to that faith path. And as you pray and have intimate communion with God, you'll, you'll discover He's a faith God. And so that really, there's no way to get around that. Then they believed His words, they sang His praise. They soon forgot His works. And if you're not a faith person, that's what will happen. You'll forget, <laughs> you know, you won't spend time in the Word, and you'll just start plugging your mind with all kinds of other stuff that are not spiritual. It's just all natural and carnal. And before you know it, you could have something epic in your life, even a Red Sea crossing, and you'll forget. Oh, I, I know what some of you are thinking. Pastor Stephen, if I had been in that group that passed through the Red Sea and looked up at those walls of water on each side, oh, I, I would never doubt God after something like that but it's it, it can happen you, you, it can happen you could have God do something monumental and really big in your life but if you don't stay close to him you you could just in a sense it's not like you forget it where it's gone from your memory but it's just not on your mind it seems like something way back in history passed and God doesn't move like that anymore so you have to stay fresh with the Lord so that you don't forget his great works or the reality that he's still there to do more for you today they soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel. Watch this. But lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tested God in the desert. He gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. Pastor Stephen, what were they lusting for? A lollipop? Well, not really. Maybe they weren't having a sugar rush, but I tell you what, they were, they had just not had any meat in a long time. And they, they really started having these conversations there in the wilderness, out in their tents as they were hiking around. You know what? We haven't had melons. We haven't had onions and leeks and garlic, all, you know, all that stuff. Of course, you know, I'm sure would do a, lot, a real number on your breath, but they were, they weren't concerned about that. You know, they were just like Moses. You've got us out here. There's no supermarket. 
markets and you know we haven't had all of the luxuries of Egypt as if they forgot that they used to be slaves right getting whipped on the back getting knocked over the head you know working 20 hours a day and it's not like they were having good food they're eating scraps and leftovers and you know maybe they had you know fish once a week or, or something like that but it's, it's just their memories all distorted and they just really really wanted meat and they were pushing Moses Moses we want some meat and he's like what am I supposed to do we're out in the middle of the, of the, of the desert there's there's nothing out here going just well I was supposed to cook a bunch of scorpions for you and so you know he was just he went before the Lord Lord what am I just, what am I supposed to do <laughs> Woo, glory to God and the Lord was there to comfort him and basically said hey look I'm going I'm going to give them what they want and the Lord he began to uh, he told him he was going to do it you know get ready it's coming and they were like, wow, wonder how it's going to happen. Well, it showed up, special delivery by airmail. And all of these quails, God just brought them in by the millions, just began to pile up. They would just fly in and just poof, fall, flop down uh, right there in the, cat, in the camp. They could grab them. They could, they could cook them. And, you know, I, I grew up as a young boy down south, uh, and, you know, hunting quail. I, I don't know what the big deal of excitement is about quail. They're so tiny. They're so small. Of course, if you get 10 of them, that's kind of nice. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I've never been that big of a person on dark meat my wife she loves dark meat I like the white meat and so you know there's just not a lot of meat on these quails but there's enough there's enough you know if you get 10, 10 or so or five or ten of them I'm sure you could get filled up and that's what a lot of them did they just grabbed a whole bunch of them and then you can you know barbecue them and you know uh, make a make you know soup or whatever you want to do with them and so that that was wonderful but I mean the Lord just rained them down I mean quail are coming in by the millions and millions and they ate they just gorged and stuffed themselves stuffed themselves mm. and and of course the Lord was so upset a lot of them just got struck dead they're just unthankful didn't pray over the food just you know just gorge it all down and just gross disgusting and so it says they lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tested God in the desert be careful be careful I know some of you are not yet in that place of overflowing blessing that God wants you to be at I know that in Christ positionally you are there but technically from the from the element of it actually being manifested in your life you're still walking into that so maybe you could be in a place a little bit where you where you're thinking pastor Stephen I'm still I'm still working my way through the wilderness God's still working on me I've got some rough stuff in me and I'm on the way but I'm, I'm not quite there yet okay that's okay but just be careful and realize that there, there, there are many things that God is going to add that he is going to bring into your life and if they're not there at this current time watch your mouth where's it at God you promised me I'd have you know I don't understand why brother so-and-so's got it and I still ain't got you know watch out for all of that grumbling and that complaining or else you could just stay out in the wilderness for 40 years I mean God's very very serious about this because what's going on it says they tested God in the desert watch this and he gave them their request and sent leanness into their soul pastor Stephen I, I've been waiting I can't wait any longer I've got to have it I've got to have it now mm, 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 mm. anytime you get into a place where you're demanding something from God you're de you're demanding God to respond you're, you're on dangerous ground because God 
he might just pull back and say, okay, I'll let you have it. You're totally, un- you think you're ready for it, but you're totally unprepared for it. I'll, I'll let you have it. And then you can play with it and you can keep it and you can show everybody that you've got it. And I'm going to give you leanness of soul. I'm going to pull back my anointing. I'm going to pull back my presence and you're going to be just as dry as those old dead bones out in the, out in the Sahara desert, out in the Sinai peninsula. You're just going to be as dry as dry can be. You can go to church, shout, sing, do whatever you want. You're just going to be so dry. Why? You pick that thing over me. You demanded that you have that thing and you wanted that thing. Well, Pastor, Pastor Stephen, you, you taught from the Bible that we can have our heart's desires. You can. In God's way, in God's plan, and in God's timing. And when you walk in faith and you you mature and, and God takes you there, and then He'll take you on to greater glory and greater faith projects and things like that. But don't rush God. Don't rush the timing. Don't demand to have something now when the timing's off. The timing's off. Well, Pastor Stephen, I just can't wait any longer. Uh, neither could they. And it says God gave it to them. He gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. What does that mean, leanness into their soul? Well, just like you could be emaciated physically, and you could be malnourished physically, that's what happened to their soul. The, you, know, you know, they had a lot of idolatry also in their heart. They're already hooking up the bail. They've got a lot of um, mixture. And, uh, you know, and so here they are, are at the same time, while they're being carnal, at the same time they're, man, they're demanding God's best. <laughs> Woo! Praise the Lord. And God will take you into the promised land. God will help you to conquer giants. God will help you to possess all that He's called you to possess. But it's a journey. It's a journey. And some places, uh, you might not be there tomorrow. You might not be there tonight. But God will get you there. But in the interim, along the journey, enjoy the Lord. Love the Lord. Walk close to the Lord. Smash, demolish idols. Don't let Baal get in your heart or any type of idol get in your heart. Because this thing of leanness of soul, oh, that's awful. That, that's an awful thing. Well, Pastor Stephen, that can't happen to a New Testament believer. You better believe it can. It, and I've, I've heard stories of, of, of people, of ministers, rock solid, <laughs> that they, uh, they demanded something. One, one particular minister, I'll, I'll just tell you his name, Walter Butler, uh, the time that uh, he was supposed to speak in an evening meeting. He was to, uh, excuse me, he was supposed to speak in the morning session. And he spoke in the morning, tremendous morning, people were blessed. But God demanded all of his attention, all of his time to get ready for the next morning session because he had to minister again. He had a couple of morning sessions lined up. But he said, Lord, I want to go hear the evening speaker. And the Lord said, no, I don't want you to hear the evening speaker. You need to spend time with me. Wait on me because you're going to have to minister in the morning again. And you're going to need that anointing. You're going to need that preparation time. But he said, Lord, that's a really well-known speaker. I want to go hear the speaker. And the Lord said, no, you need to stay, stay back and, and prepare. Get ready for the next session. He said, well, Lord, I'm going to go anyhow. And he went. And he went and heard the, you know, the, the well-known speaker. Not that there was anything wrong with the speaker. This was nothing to do with the speaker. This was between God and Butler. And Butler said, God, I'm going anyhow. And he went. <laughs> and uh, he went to that meeting. And God completely pulled back his presence from Butler. And Butler actually thought, he thought, you know, if this doesn't change, when you're used to it, you're used to that presence. And all of a sudden, it's gone. 
uh, it, it you could almost think you're going to lose your mind. He actually thought he was going to. He said, "God, if you don't if you don't bring this your presence back, what I've been so accustomed to and so used to, I don't know what I'm going to do." And so the next morning, when he had to minister, he's going up there with no anointing, no power, but he goes up there. The moment he got into the pulpit to start to speak, the anointing came. Okay, but the moment that he finishes and walks off the pulpit, whoop, God pulled it all away again. Woo! I mean, this and this went on for some time, and he repented. Oh God, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have gone to the meeting. Woo, Lord, I should have spent my time with you like you told me to. Lord, I didn't know you were so serious about this. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, um, you can you can um, track that message down on the internet. I'm sure if you're hungry. Uh, one of my uh, uh, spiritual mentors in a sense spiritually I never knew him personally although Dr. Wade Taylor when Dr. Taylor laid hands on me he says Stephen I pass my mantle to you and the mantle of Walter Butler to you also so I just want to say for a moment that this thing about God pulling the presence back yes he can absolutely do that he said lean this into their soul that is a result of disobedience and that is a result of wanting something something else that would be outside of God more than God himself. Mm. And let me say this to, to those that are in ministry. You can want ministry more than you want God. And that's idolatry. That's wrong. And if you do that, you can end up real dry. What's another word for dryness? Leanness of soul. Mm, mm, mm. I, I think there are some Christians, they run from meeting to meeting, conference to conference. And you know what? I talk to them sometimes. Some, not, not all of them, of course. There are people that go, they don't run around like rabbits, but some go to conferences to get built up and they, they, they receive the, the fresh word from the Lord. But there's others, they're like professional conference junkies, just running from Christian conference to conference, back and forth, back and forth, wanting to hear the latest, newest thing. And every time I've run across Christians like that, they have leanness of soul why they're looking for some minister to try to fill them in a way that only God can fill them through personal devotional time and they're dry they're they're in all these meetings and they're just dry as dry can be mm. and they don't even know really the ways of God they know a lot of stories but as far as personal relationship now it's not it's not going on it's not going on that's something you have to be very careful for when you're asking for something God will do it in his time and in his way to rush God is actually to find fault with God and you and I both know technically he has no faults so let's not try to put that on him like like it's somehow God's fault <laughs> no let's let God do his work do his timing in his way thank you Lord Jesus remember Israel they, they didn't learn later in the land of Canaan in the promised land after the days of the days of the judges was beginning to conclude and you had Samuel the prophet also acting as a judge you know Israel just looked around they saw all you know these other neighboring uh, nations uh, you know the Canaanite nations and they all had their own king and they said to Samuel hey we want to be like that we want to we want to have our own sovereign king to rule over us and to lead us into battle and Samuel's like, no, 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 you, you really don't want that. No, 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 that's what we want. And, and Samuel, you know, you've, you've assigned your children to be like judges, and they're not really doing good, a good job. They're taking bribes. We don't want them. Well, the truth was is that Samuel, although he was a very godly man, and he was a true prophet of the Lord, his children, as we would say, were not a chip off the old block. They had 
they had a lot of carnality, a lot of sensuality in them. And also remember the devil, he's going to aim for ministers' children. Always pray for ministers and their children, because the enemy greatly, greatly desires any child. Trust me, if this is Samuel we're talking about, the leading prophet in the nation. The enemy is going to be gunning for his kids. And for some, some reason, somehow, he was able to get into the hearts of Samuel's children, and now they're accepting bribes. Uh, look, let me say this. Don't ever listen to me. Some of you are in positions where this stuff floats around in, your, in the world that you live and work in. Don't ever, ever under any circumstances take a bribe. I don't care if it's $20, $200, $2,000, $20,000. Don't ever take a bribe. It says in the book of Proverbs that anybody that takes a bribe, you instantly lose your ability to judge properly. Why? If you take a bribe, you invite a spirit of deception to come into your heart and you've also set yourself up for a door now where the enemy has legal access into your life because the person that bribed you, and if you took that bribe, they've got something on you now. They've got dirty laundry on you. And a lot of times today in today's world with politics and stuff like that, if they've got it, they'll use it. Well, Pastor Stephen, that would be blackmail. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. They use it all the time. And they're, they're thinking, hey, you took this bribe. You took this. You know you did. We actually recorded it. We didn't tell you. We recorded it. And now, unless you continue the work with us, we're going to expose you. Well, I'm going to go to the police and expose you. Well, you expose me. We're all going to go end up in jail. See, now, now it's a big mess. Don't ever, ever go down that road. Don't ever take a bribe. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm, you'll lose your spiritual vision if you do. And so, you know, the Israelites, they said to Samuel, hey, your, your kids are taking bribes, and, you know, they're not really leading us the way they should, so uh, we want a king. And Samuel's like, it's, it was hard to defend it because he knew his children weren't, weren't serving God right. So he took it before the Lord, and the Lord said, hey, they're not, Samuel, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. They don't want me to rule over them. And he said, this is what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to let them have a king because that's what they want. They want it so bad. I'm actually going to give it to them, but tell them that th this is also first Samuel chapter eight. Tell them if this is what they want, this is all, this is what comes with it. If you want, if you want this enchilada, this is a fully stuffed enchilada. It's got everything on the inside of it. The king, and, and this is what the Lord told Samuel, tell the Israelites, this is the path you want to go on. You get ready for it. You want to eat this enchilada? It's loaded. Okay. Tell them the king is going to take your sons, your best sons. He's going to take them and force them to join his army. There's nothing you can do about it. The king is also going to take your daughters and they're going to become bakers and they're going to become uh, cooks uh, in the king's household. And there's nothing you can do about it. The king is also going to tax you on all of your income. He's going to tax you on all of your livestock. Oh, by the way, he's going to take one tenth of your livestock. He's going to take one tenth of your income. He's going to take one tenth of your wheat and of your barley and of your oil and he, everything you've got. He's going to tax, 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 tax it. And it says in 1 Samuel chapter 8 that you will end up becoming his slave. You're all going to become slaves. You want a king? Okay. He's going to, you, you could have a king. This is what's going to happen. Tell him that. And you know what? Samuel told him, oh, it's okay. It's all right. We still want one. But let me tell you, by the time Solomon his reign had concluded. The whole nation was just like, whoa, man, we are so taxed. Woo! And the king's living like total luxury, and we're just a bunch of servants. Oh, that's exactly what God said would happen. 
If you want a king to rule over you. Now, the Lord never would have done that to him. Mm-mm-mm. Let's balance this thing of God will grant you the desires of your heart. Let's balance this where Jesus also said, ask, and it will be given unto you that your joy may be full. Yes, let's believe it. But let's balance it also with the other scriptures so that we go down the right, excuse me, we go down right down the middle of the path of the truth. And we don't get off into a ditch on the left or, or the right where we're just asking for all kinds of stuff. And just imagine it, and God's just like, all right, you want it that much? I'm going to give it to you. It's not my best for your life. It's actually far from it. But if that's what you want, and you're demanding it so much, okay, here it is. Mm, mm, Wow. Very, very interesting. My friends, we have to consider these types of things. Because today we're talking about prayer investment. And the last thing you want is a bad investment to invest in something that is either ruinous or loss or it's just it just never panned out but especially to lose your money that's no fun my friends prayer investment praying into the right thing Mm, thank you Jesus thank you Jesus may God have mercy and may God have such grace towards you that if you have been praying on the wrong prayer target and you realize it I believe that God is so good, they could take all of that prayer energy, and all of that prayer equity, and all of that prayer sweat, and He can take it by His grace and move it over onto the right topic that He's going to reveal to you. Mm, 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 mm. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you, you don't even know who you are in the Lord. You look at yourself as a pauper, as a beggar. Almost some of you like, like you look at yourself like you're like a clown or something. You have no idea who you are in the Lord, and your requests are on the wrong platform. But as you begin to uncover your destiny in Christ, your true DNA in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, you'll say, I've been asking the wrong types of things. Hallelujah. I need to ask things to represent Christ the Savior. I need to be an ambassador for Jesus so I'm going to need this hallelujah I'm going to have to walk this direction hallelujah I'm going to need the anointing I'm going to need the empowerment hallelujah and I'm going to have to represent the Lord right not like some kind of a goofball hallelujah but like a true representative of the kingdom of heaven Mm -mm. thank you Lord Jesus God's going to make it good God's going to make it all right Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, verse 24, let's go to what I believe here in Psalm 106, what I believe is a critical verse unveiling a core heart problem with the ancient Israelites. Verse 24, then they despise the pleasant land. Ooh, 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 I, 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 feel, I, feel, I feel uncomfortable almost reading that. Oh, yes, it's the holy, beautiful, inspired Word of God, but I read that, and I, I think, oh, God, may, may something like that never enter into my heart, and may it never enter your, into your heart either, where the thing that God says, this is my best for you, and you look at it and say, ah, ah what is that? Oh, Lord, have mercy. Mm. May we never be so carnal. May we never be so arrogant and prideful that we could get a glimpse of God's best for us. And we look at it and we snicker or sneer at it. Oh, Lord, have mercy. We want something that's 
carnal or rotten or worldly and short-lived and irrelevant and that's what we want and we look at God's best and we just look at it and say I'm not really into that mm, mm, mm. thank you Lord Jesus then they despised the pleasant land they did not believe his word it goes on to say that they complained in their tents Complained in their tents, murmuring, grumbling. Mm, mm, watch out for that grumbling spirit. My friends, they didn't believe what God told them belonged to them, the very best. God says, look, look I'm going to lead you into the good land. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to make sure everything's all right for you. Oh, wait, we don't want to hear that, God. We don't believe that. You're trying to kill us out here. And on and on it went. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants to lift you up into realms of blessing, into realms of empowerment, into realms of dignity, not just for your life, but you lift hundreds, even thousands up into a place of blessing off the strength that God has empowered you with mm -mm. thank you Lord Jesus get up get up get up hallelujah and invest prayerfully into the beautiful future that God has planned for you because the future is unfolding now hallelujah 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 glory glory to God they did not believe his word now, I believe that by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, this is the area we need to fix. This area of unbelief concerning what God said. I'm not just talking about the written word, which of course we should believe and cling to it with all of our heart, our mind, and our strength, but I'm also talking about the prophetic word the word of the spirit the inward witness concerning the guidance and the path that God has for you where the Holy Spirit unveils it and you just think but how how could God ever do that for me that's that's what has to be fixed because that's what they ran into they did not believe his word but oh my friends you're not going down that same road of failure and defeat and dying out in the wilderness no that's not your that's not that's not your portion mm -mm, mm -mm. I'm not going to let it happen I'm not going to sit back and preach some cheesy message and just let you die out there in the wilderness I'm here to say you're going to do all that God's called you to do you're going to do it and you're going to have to rise up hallelujah and prayer prayerfully invest into what God has so sacrificially so sacrificially made available to you through his death burial and resurrection mm -mm. God's not playing games your future is brighter than you've ever imagined and God is unveiling it and you need to invest into it prayerfully and as you invest into it prayerfully you begin to see it it begins to open up and then it gets stronger and stronger and you keep walking more and more into it praying stronger and stronger into it and the next thing you know you're standing right in the middle of it <laughs> Woo! it wasn't luck it was an accident wasn't the lottery you don't need some kind of crazy lottery let, let the world let the sinners play the lottery that's for people that have no hope that's for people that are just looking for something that you know crazy don't mess with crazy stuff like that work something that's sure work something that's solid mm, hallelujah thank you Lord Jesus get rid of all the junk hallelujah praise God mm -mm. Pastor Stephen how do I work it how do I work it, Pastor Stephen? Take me there, and I'll do it. Are you ready to go there today? Let's go. I'm going to show you how I do it. Praise God. Colossians chapter 1, which is also the way that the Apostle Paul did it. It's also the way that the church in Colossae 
was taught to do it, and they got wonderful results. Today we're talking about prayer investment. You're not going to die in the wilderness. In other words, you're not going to cross the finish line, go to heaven, and stand there with no reward. Stand there having made heaven, which is wonderful, right? Okay, that's great. But stand there and then realizing, you know what? I never did what God called me to do. I never accomplished it. I never rose up. I never got it done. But you know what? You are going to finish strong, and you are going to have a rich reward. Mm, mm, mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And you're going to be glad that you invested down here. Because it's going to produce the results you're looking for. Now, Colossians chapter 1 contains one of the beautiful prayers of the Apostle Paul. This prayer is actually my favorite prayer in the Bible. Now, I, I like the Lord's Prayer. I, I, I've memorized the Lord's Prayer. I pray it often. But remember, all of these prayers, all of God's Word is inspired by, by the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, this is just as much as a prayer from God as the Lord's Prayer would be in Mark chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Okay? So this is just as much of, of a prayer from God as that prayer would be. But this is one that my heart always connects with. And I want to talk with you just a little bit today of how to work this prayer and how to invest prayerfully into your future. Keeping in mind that your future can be, be made reality in weeks, days, even months. God can work very quickly. Hallelujah. Now, verse 9. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now, being filled with the knowledge of His will. When you are filled with the knowledge of God's will for your life, you know what to do. Mm. I mean, it's so solid and it's so sure you don't have time for anything else. Not only that, you know that those are detours and that they are detours off the main line of your life and you're not going to take them. Mm -mm. Don't even want to hear about it. Don't even want to mess with it. Pastor Stephen, come over here and check this out. No, I don't want to go over there and check that out. God hasn't called me to be involved in anything like that. Mm. Now, there are some things that God expands me into, expands my ministry into, and I'm open to that by the Holy Spirit. But there's a whole bunch of like, as we would say, rabbit trails that, that, uh, that go in all directions. And you get off on that stuff, uh, it might take quite some time to get back. And so, stay on the path that God has for your life. And pray that prayer, that God would fill you with the knowledge of His will. And when you ask Him to do that, it begins to unfold. It begins to unfold. Now, what I do is I pray through this prayer in English. But when you pray this prayer, please pray it in faith, believing that God is going to fill you with the knowledge of His will. That's one of the greatest things people want. What is God's will for my life? Well, start praying Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. Oh, I don't want to do that. I just want somebody to tell me. Well, it doesn't work like that. You're not supposed to be led by prophets, although prophets can bring a beautiful word of the Lord into your life, and it brings confirmation, and it brings great blessing. But really, you're supposed to be led by the Holy Spirit, who unveils the Scriptures to you and makes it real to you, and you follow the unique plan that God has for your life. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we give you praise today. Amen. 
For this reason, we also, since today we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. What was he praying? He was praying and asking God that they would be filled with the knowledge of his will, filled with the knowledge of God's will for their lives in all wisdom and all understanding. And of course, you can pray that verse, all, excuse me, that prayer all the way through the verse 14 and personalize it. Just personalize it. Pray it over yourself. In other words, say, Father God, I do not cease to pray, and I ask that you fill me with the knowledge of your will. Father, fill me with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual revelation. Mm. See, you can get the knowledge of God's will, but you're going to need his wisdom to make proper application of it. Okay? And you're going to need also the spiritual understanding that goes along with that. And then, then you're loaded. You're a very dangerous man to the, to the devil in the kingdom of God. But when you're walking in that divine will, the enemy also, now he'll, he'll do his things. He'll try to attack and he'll try to do his stuff. But when you're in that place and you're in that plan and you're in there tight with the Lord, uh, he can't get you. He may, he, he could try, he could scream, shout, holler, make all kinds of noise and racket and fuss and stuff like that. But you, did you ever notice you just keep on going? Woo, you just keep on going and he'll growl, bark and stuff like that, but he can't bite you. Just keep on going. Why? There is protection. There is protection tremendous protection in being in the perfect will of God. And may I also add, there's danger in being outside of it because then you get, you get vulnerable. You get out of God's plan for your life. You get into a place where the enemy could touch you. Mm -mm. Anywhere there's disobedience means there could be access uh, for the enemy to touch. So walk close with the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now you can pray that prayer on out, pray it and personalize it for yourself. And as you do, as you finish praying it in English, don't go away. Just hang out there. Hang out there in your prayer time and to begin to pray in the Spirit. And this is what will happen. Now, before I tell you what will happen, it, I, I'm not going to set any time limits because God doesn't set time limits from the perspective of He wants us to be led by the Holy Spirit. But at the same time, with maturity in the Lord, you realize it doesn't, you can't bake a cake in five minutes, okay, so you could bake the cake in 45 minutes or maybe an hour or whatever. But it, uh, I'm just saying, give God some time to work. Give the Holy Spirit time to begin to manifest and do these special things that only He can do. So this is what I want to encourage you to do. Pray this prayer, and after you've prayed it out in English or whatever your native language would be, then begin to pray in the Spirit. Oh God, I thank you for the perfect will. Father, uh, your perfect will, the, uh, having knowledge of your will, oh God, I thank you for your perfect will being unveiled to me. And as you pray and pray on that, now in the Spirit, maybe, maybe it takes five minutes, maybe it takes 20, but hang out, hang out, maybe it takes 35 minutes, but what will happen, what will begin to happen, it's like a radar. Like, like in the, um, uh, you know, like, a, how can we say, with airplanes. There's a guy in a flight control tower, and he's sitting there, and he's, he's kind of making sure all the planes don't crash into each other. And, you know, computers take care of a lot of that. But even still, you need the radar so that you can see, you know, who's coming in. But what will happen, just like a plane can come up on a radar, like beep, like, like a blip, 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 and move across that radar, what will happen is that as you're just hanging out with God, camping on Colossians chapter 1 on this prayer 
as you pray in the spirit now I'm just giving an example of how it's for, like for me when I pray in the spirit what, what will begin to happen is that that focus that the Holy Spirit wants to pinpoint right now that thing that is God's perfect plan for your life that he wants you to focus on right now and invest into prayerfully it'll start to come up on the screen Woo! Woohoo! and you'll see it and it's like being in a submarine and the, you know you, the the captain lip, he lifts up the periscope and he sees through the periscope lens what they're supposed to focus on ah that's it we've got the target we're set now Invest prayerfully into what we have now seen, and that's what you begin to focus on. And just pray and pour into that, just like you're pouring water on it, like you're watering it so that it can grow. Just pray, 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 and cover that. Well, Pastor Shiva, I don't know how to pray about it. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. And focus when you pray. Now, when you pray in tongues, don't just like... um don't blank out. Well, Pastor Stephen, you know, when I pray in tongues, my mind doesn't know what's going on. So I'll, I'll do, who cares what I'm thinking? I guess I'll just think about rainbows and, you know, uh, you know, um, unicorns and, uh, you know, stuff like that. No, no, no. Focus. What did the Holy Spirit show you? It'll come up while you're, while you're uh, spending time with God. That, that perfect will of God, that thing that you're supposed to ask and believe God for, it will come up and you'll see it in your mind. You'll see it. And you begin to pray into that and just really pray over it. Now, since some of you, you may not know how to pray so much in English about it, and that's okay. Just pray in tongues. Now, the late prophet, Reverend Kenneth E. Hagen, talked about the time that he sat down with Dr. Oral Roberts. And he said they compared notes of how they have received major revelations in their ministry when Jesus was wanting to get something over to them, something to do, something to start for Brother Hagen, whether it's start, you know, Lorraine Baba College or uh, Dr. Roberts, whether it's start or Roberts University, the, you know, the prestigious university, whatever it was, Brother Hagen said they had compared notes and they both were amazed to see that they had received their key revelations through the same principle of praying in tongues pray seek the Lord and then just wait for the Lord to show what that will would be his will revealed would be and then praying into that what you see it begin to pray into it very very strongly well Pastor Stephen I don't have it now well of course not that's why you have to pray for it pray for the birthing of it pray for the raising up of it pray for the success of it pray for the coming out of it pray for the funding of it pray for whatever it needs to be pray for it pray over it well Pastor Stephen I don't know how to pray pray in the spirit that's what many of the great saints of old have done and they fulfilled their callings they carried out the assignments that God had for them and you're going to also so just wait on the Lord pray this prayer of Colossians 1 and just look at it carefully Father God I'm asking that you fill me with the knowledge of your will Father God fill me with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding Father I'll walk it out the way you show me to do it I'll bring it forth the way that you show me to do it and then begin to pray over that and as you do that it'll start to come up It'll start to come up on the image screen of your mind, and you'll see it. <gasps> Pastor Stephen, that thing God's showing me, 
Could it be? Yes, yes, yes. But it don't. It takes. It can take a little bit of time sometimes to get over in the spirit where you begin to pick that up. Pastor Stephen, I prayed for one minute. I saw it. I saw it. God wants me to be a trillionaire. No, no. Cut that stuff out. Pray. Come on. Get serious. Stop being silly. Don't be an airhead. Uh, there's never been a trillionaire. Not even Solomon was a trillionaire. Come on. Get real. Get focused. Pick that thing up that God has for you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Woo. Hallelujah. And pray on it. Pray on it. I tell you what is very exciting to go after what God wants you to go after. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. When you do that, you will never have leanness of soul. You will not have leanness of soul. Why do they have that? They're asking for the wrong thing. <laughs> they're asking for the wrong stuff. And they're also, even if they are picking up on something that God would want them to have. I mean, after all, God didn't want them to never have meat again. Now you're all in the wilderness, and all of you, all three million of you, you're all going to become vegetarians. No, that's not what God had planned for them. Eventually there would be meat again. But to lust and crave and to demand prematurely, that was all wrong. That was all off. So they, they should have prayed. They should have been patient. And they should have believed the word of God. And when we get to the promised land, we're going to be blessed. And somehow, even out here in the wilderness, God's going to make it comfortable as it possibly can be for us. Praise God. Same thing with the king thing. That, that David, David was just at that time a little shepherd boy out, uh, out in the field taking care of sheep. Had no concept of kingship or anything like that. But that was still, that was out in the distant in the mind of God. So it wasn't time for this Saul experiment. Should have skipped the whole thing. Should have just let God still continue to run it the way he was wanting to run it at that time and then make a shift when that time came necessary. But nope, they demand it. They demanded the king. God gave him one that was actually, he was just like them. He was, he was rebellious. He was stubborn. He was unteachable. And um, he was a lot like the people. So, you know, they, they got exactly what they wanted. And then they're like, oh, we don't want this. And God's like, well, no, no. Remember, that's what you said you really wanted. And now you've got it for good. <laughs> Woo, you don't ever want to be in a place like that. Mm, 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 mm. God loves you so much. He's going to give you the best. But my friends, pray into it. Invest into it right now. It's closer it's closer than you think. Now, for some of you, this is what I'm getting in the Holy Spirit. There are some major things. When I say major, I'm not talking like teeny-weeny little things that you could probably pull off in your own ability. But there are some major things that God is going to bring you into within two years. I hope nobody out there is saying that's a long time. Now, you and I both know. I mean, time just, boom, it goes fast. So if you can just keep investing prayerfully into it, within two years, you'll be standing in it. And there's no university can do that for you. Mm. Universities are at least saying four years. Praise God. Yeah, there's, there's a few exceptions. You know, if you're real brilliant, you could pass all the way through it. Maybe if you have an IQ of 200 or something like that, they'll, you know, take you a fast track. But that, that's, that's, that's the exception. That's not the rule. But with God, God is saying right now by the Holy Spirit, there are some major heavy impact things where you will impact powerful, not just your life, but into the lives of others. You're, the blessing will reach deep into the lives of others. It's only two years out, and you really, really need to pray. And that doesn't mean till then that you're not going to have 
you know, good things. You will. But there's something big for some of you. If it's very witness with your spirit, by the Holy Spirit, go ahead and take that. But those of you, uh, I'm talking like ark-type projects. You know, God told Noah to build an ark. That took a long time to build also, by the way. But um, I'm talking big stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm talking two years out. Watch. If you really continue to invest prayerfully into it, You'll be living in it within two years from now. So, Father, we give you all the praise, all the praise. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Pastor Steve, I I don't know when I'm supposed to do this. I don't have any time. Oh, oh, I'm so glad that you're watching today. I'd like to give you an opportunity to make time. Praise the Lord. I mean, after all, we can't just talk about this and then not implement it. Right now, we are moving into the month of December. Now, you may be watching this in January. If you watch this in January, uh, you could stretch out what we're about to do. But I would like to invite everyone under the sound of my voice, if you would like to participate into prayer investment, I would like to you, for you to join me at 4 o'clock every morning in prayer, right where you're at, right? Where, wherever your prayer spot is at, in your bedroom or in your closet, or wherever you go for your secret place in prayer, I would like for you to join me at four o'clock every morning from now till Christmas morning. Okay, get up at four o'clock every morning for one hour of prayer, and invest invest into your future prayerfully. Praise the Lord! And if you'll do that, I believe you'll also go into an exceptional year that we're about to roll into. Now, of course, if you're watching this message and maybe you just saw this floating around on YouTube and you're watching this in January or February and you're hearing me say, let's pray till Christmas, every morning till Christmas, well, that could be a long haul. (laughs) But if you feel led to go for it, by all means, just step out in faith and get up and seek the Lord every morning in prayer. But for those of you that are watching right now, we are just now going into the month of December. I would like to invite you, join me at four o'clock in the morning. I'll be up every morning at four o'clock praying, investing into those things that the Holy Spirit would highlight for me to pray about. And as you get up in prayer, uh, in your time of prayer, at four o'clock in the morning, the Holy Spirit will begin to unveil to you. You maybe want to open up your Bible, just leave it parked there on Colossians chapter one. And just as you, as you ask God for his will to be done and to have knowledge of that, of that will, he's going to begin to open it up by the Holy Spirit. And the, the focus of what you're supposed to pray about will be shown to you. You can see it. And then they'll start praying into it real strong. You may be able to grab a whole hour of prayer and put on that. What? And an investment. Mm-mm-mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, that prayer focus could change. You could pray real strong and think, this is wonderful. I'm going to pray about this every day. But you could come back the next day and this thing begins to drift up on the spiritual radar screen. Beep, beep, beep. Blip, 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 and you see now, today it's something else. Oh, the Holy Spirit today wants me to invest my prayers into this. Ah, okay, Holy Spirit, I'll do that. And while you're praying, don't let your mind wander. Focus on that thing that you're praying into, that you're investing prayerfully into. See it in your mind's eye. And say, God is going to do this. God, you're going to do it. Woo, pour into it. Pour into it. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Father. Everybody that would like to join me on this prayer investment, 
Just lift your hands right now. Heavenly Father, we just ask that over these next just couple of weeks from, uh, from the morning time, beginning, whenever the next morning for your people will be, until Christmas morning, that we will meet you at 4 o'clock in the morning. Lord, let grace be released that regardless of whatever the time zone your people would be living in, Lord, let there be grace as they get up uh, at 4 o'clock to seek your face. Let there be grace and strength and refreshment by your Spirit. And we thank you, Father God, for your perfect will being unveiled to your people and them praying into it and walking in it. Now, Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. We thank you, Father. Release your grace now to seek your face in the name of Jesus around the world. We all agree and say, Amen. Hallelujah. So wherever you're at in the world, just know you've got brothers and sisters all over the world that are praying with you also at 4 o'clock in the morning. Well, Pastor Stephen, it's nobody up at that time in the morning. Nope, we're up, for, and we're there with you. So get up and join us. Hallelujah. Don't fall asleep either. Stay awake. Praise God. Don't do that praying laying down. Pastor Stephen, I'm going to humble myself and be prostrate on the floor and pray. No, you're going to fall asleep. Get up. Hallelujah. Get something hot to drink and pray. Praise the Lord. Mm, mm, mm. You're going to see verse 9 explode. You're going to have so much revelation flow into your spirit. It's like warm oil is going to be poured into you, and you're going to understand God's will and take and write down those things that you're supposed to focus on and do. Oh, by the way, the Holy Spirit will also unveil to you things that you're not supposed to do. I would suggest you drop it like a hot potato if you're trying to touch, handle, do things that God just said, hey, that's not for you. That's nice. That's not your thing. Leave it. Come over here, get plugged into my thing for you. Praise God. Some of that happens too. Praise the Lord. So, Father, we thank you for grace in Jesus' name. Now, let's get ready to take communion together today. If you really want to know God's will for your life, it begins by knowing Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. If you've never done that, today is the day of salvation. Please, pray this prayer after me if you would like to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior right now. Just say this out loud. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I ask, O oh God, that you wash all of my sins away. I give my life to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I accept you as my Lord, Savior, and King. And I give my life to you to live for you right now. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Praise God. Welcome to the family of God, those of you that have prayed that prayer for the first time. Hallelujah. Okay, take your unleavened bread and your grape juice. Let's pray over it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread, the juice. Mm-hmm. We thank you, revelation flowing, revelation flowing, understanding, knowing what to do, and knowing what not to get entangled with. Thank you. Mm. Thank you, Father God. See, God's going to make you like the soldier that Paul talked to Timothy about, that you need to please your overseer in the military, and you need to be very focused and not entangled with all of the civilian lifestyle. See, a good soldier cannot get all caught up in that stuff. You've got to be focused as a soldier, as a servant of the Lord to be effective. You cannot get wrapped up in things God's never called you to be in. You've got to walk that straight path, that straight and narrow path. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you that you're going to help us to do it. Father, we thank you for the bread, the juice. We bless it. We consecrate it. It is now set apart as holy. This is the flesh and the blood of Christ, our Savior. So, Father, we receive his body with great thanksgiving, knowing 
that you're here to help us, and your Holy Spirit is going to be moving greatly over these next few weeks. In Jesus' name, let's believe that and receive His body now. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Where there is pure vision, there's also provision. Thank you, Lord. The reason some Christians that they love the Lord, but sometimes the reason they have lack is because they're not living the life that God has called them to live. They're doing their own thing, working the wrong job. Uh, they're, they're in the wrong career field, and they've never discovered the path of prosperity that God has for them. Well, if you're experiencing those difficulties, it's going to change dramatically as you pray this prayer and wait on the Holy Spirit to give you insight to pray for that correct direction. It's going to change quickly. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. Father, we just thank you for your mercy because life can be difficult. And sometimes we have not had the biblical knowledge, the, the spiritual skill set to navigate life successfully. So, Father, we've, we've made some wrong turns. We've made some wrong detours. And we're asking, Father God, for you to get us fast-tracked onto your plan of the straight and narrow. Now, Father, we just thank you. We thank you for clear focus, clear vision, more than enough provision for everything you've called us to do. We thank you, Father. We receive it. Let the blood of Jesus cover all mistakes, failures. And we thank you, Father. We move forward with a smile now on our face in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, my friends, look for the revelation to come down. Look for the moving of the Spirit. As you go into your prayer time at 4 o'clock in the morning, there's no set time to finish. I would encourage you, stretch for an hour. Jesus said, could you not tarry one hour? So that set a gold standard. Anything over that's icing on the cake. And of course, there are many that do go over that because they have, they have developed a strength uh, in their spiritual walk with the Lord. And of course, that's, that's something that's wonderful, something to, be a, something to attain to. But push yourself, and an hour can be a great mark to push yourself towards. And just really pray. Invest prayerfully into your future. It's worth it. It's going to be wonderful. Thank you for watching. I look forward to seeing you back next time. Till then, be richly blessed. I'll see you by faith in the Spirit at 4 o'clock in the morning, up until... Christmas morning. Be blessed. Bye-bye.